Happy New Year! Hello, this is Manny Ramos, your host of Rise Up, Real Issues and Stories of Every One of Us podcast. But first, let me talk about who we are. I'm Manny Ramos, a board member of PNAA and a past president of the Philippine Nurses Association of Central Florida. I'm a professor of nursing at Valencia College in Orlando and an adjunct faculty at William Patterson University. With me today is my co-host, Mindy Ofiana. Mindy? Hello, Manny. Happy 2022, everyone. I'm Mindy Ofiana, Legislative Committee Chair for PNAA and Corresponding Secretary for PNAA Foundation, past president for PNA Southern California. Good news. Recently, I accepted an adjunct professor role of Charles R. Drew University Department of Medicine and Sciences. Manny? Congratulations, Mindy. Thank you. All right, so we are thankful we made it to 2022. Now it's been two years of COVID being in our midst. The cases continue to increase rapidly across the United States. To date, we are approaching the 60 million mark of total cases of COVID and more than 800,000 have died because of COVID. While the vaccination rate has increased, over 700,000 new cases were reported this month more than doubling the January 2021 peak. The Omicron variant drives the latest surge in cases. This latest latest surge is very problematic. There's a very high level of community transmission and hospitalization are rising. The increase in cases and hospitalizations are expected to stress the healthcare system in the coming weeks. Our guest is Dr. Sigrid Radores, Associate Professor and Director of the PhD program at the School of Nursing at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Sigrid is an Associate Scientist for the UAB Cystic Fibrosis Research Center, Center for Minority Health and Health Disparities, Center for Women's Reproductive Health, and the Center for Palliative and Supportive Care. Sigrid is also involved in various professional and community organizations. Currently, Sigrid is the president of the Philippine Nurses Association of Alabama and the chair of the PNAA Research Committee, where she established an inaugural grant funding program to support the research of PNAA members. So Sigrid. Welcome, Sigrid. Welcome. Where in the Philippines did you grow up? Uh, first, I want to say thank you to both Manny and Mindy for inviting me to this Rise Up episode. Um, it's truly an honor being with uh, both Manny and Mindy, who are leaders in PNAA. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a great podcast, hopefully. Yes. Um, so one question from Mindy is, where did I grow up? So I grew I grew up in Iloilo. Oh. Um, so I am Ilonga. Ilonga. And um, for those of you listening um, at night, I will say, Maayunggab isa inyutanan. Um, and uh, happy to be here. So I, I came to the U.S. when I was 15, uh, which means that I am deeply rooted in my Ilonga ways. And uh, my husband and kids will tell you that even when I'm mad, sometimes my melodic musical voice and my tones <laughs> don't indicate that I'm mad because that's what we're known for in Iloilo. Um, so yeah, I came when I was 15 and it was definitely a transition uh, to come as a teenager. And then two years after 
uh, landing in New Jersey, in the cold of New Jersey, um, mm -hmm. I went to college in Philadelphia on my own oh. as a 17 year old trying to figure out, um, you know, what what America is all about and what nursing school in America is all about. So how how was that? Um, so you were pretty much uh, teens. That's high school already, right, uh, Sigrid, when you came in yes. here? Yes. Yeah. So I completed two years of high school in New Jersey, um, then graduated before uh, going to college and having that college experience in West Philadelphia. Did you did your whole family uh, emigrated? So, yes, we we were um, we were granted papers as a family mm -hmm. to um, to emigrate here. Um, it was my 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 uh, father's sister who petitioned us as a family. So wow. it took 15 years to yeah. actually get our papers approved, uh, which meant that when I was born, that's when they decided to file the papers. And it oh, took that long wow. to yeah. get approved. And um, because of such long wait, my older brother and my older sister actually were left behind mm. it was out of the four siblings only two of us were able to come because of the age limit mm. so they were over the age of 21 at the time that our papers were approved and so they had to stay behind in the philippines but thankfully they're both nurses and uh, they were able to be sponsored by hospitals. And so uh, they came, you know, rather quickly uh, yeah. as soon as, as we came as a, a family. Wow. So uh, who inspired you to become a nurse? <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, Mindy, I did not want to be a nurse. Don't tell <laughs> anyone. <laughs> it's our secret. Um, yeah, I I did not want to be a nurse because everybody around me was already a nurse. You've heard that story, yeah, right? That's right. All my aunties were nurses. My my cousins were all nurses. My sister, my brother, they're all nurses. So I wanted to be different. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do something different and be other than a nurse. Uh -huh. um, so initially, I wanted to be in journalism. I, uh -huh. I liked to write in high school. So I thought, you know, why don't I do that for a living? Mm -hmm. But my very pragmatic Filipino father <laughs> said, how are you going to pay the bills as a writer? Right? How are you going to put food on the table? without a steady job as a writer. Mm -hmm. So I remember having, you know, discussions, debates, uh, filling mm -hmm. out those college applications and him saying, well, you know, I think nursing is the way to go for you. I know it's not particularly top of your list, but mm -hmm. it's a very good way, uh, an honest way to make a living. And so he negotiated with me. Mm -hmm. He said, compromise with me. Um, if you would spend one semester, just mm -hmm. one semester, giving it your best to see if nursing might be a fit for you, try it out. And I said, well, you know, I can do anything for a semester. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's a short amount of time. And so um, thankfully, you know, I, I listened to my dad's practical advice. Mm -hmm. 
And when I went to Philadelphia, I was accepted into the best nursing school in the country, which is University of Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. And it was a wonderful opportunity, really. Uh, something that, you know, at that time, I didn't even realize what a big deal mm. it was. I didn't know. I didn't know what pen nursing was. Um, and its reputation. I just knew it was a, a good nursing school, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and I wanted to be away from New Jersey and I wanted to <laughs> try living on my own. Um, so I said for a semester, I could do it. And then if I hated it, my dad said you could transfer out oh, wow. and you could get into the journalism major. But um, here I am. Look what, at you now. Years later, <laughs> uh, you know, being a nurse and still loving it and loving the ability to do many different things in nursing. Mm -hmm. uh, so to my dad, if you ever get to listen to this podcast, <laughs> salamat din. <laughs> Thank you for pushing me in the right direction, even yeah. though I didn't know it at that time. And what's really funny is that you know, being a PhD prepared nurse and being a professor and a researcher, I do a lot of writing. Mm, yeah. So I write all the time. <laughs> so he knew it, I guess, more than I did, earlier than I did, that this is where I really needed mm. to be. So it all worked out thanks to the wisdom of my dad and um, just, you know, blessed that I was able to do what I am able to do. That's good. How do they say it? Fathers no best. Fathers no best. <laughs> no best. <laughs> That's right. True. That's right. Very true. <laughs> okay. Well, Sigrid and I have known each other since 2007 when she joined the Philippine Nurses Association of Central Florida here in Orlando. And yeah. at that time, she brought her husband to her initial meeting with PNACF. Now, mm -hmm. Sigrid, could you share how you and Andrew met? Oh, this is another secret that I'm divulging <laughs> on the NAA web <laughs> webcast. <laughs> Lots of secrets being shared here today. That's good. Um, Andrew, <laughs> that's good, right? Andrew and I, it's no longer a secret, obviously. Um, my husband and I uh, met when he was my patient. Mm -hmm. oh. So I was his nurse. He was my patient. I was a pediatric nurse uh, working on a pediatric unit, but he's a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> he was, I believe, 22, 23 years old when um, when we met. Yeah. And I could not stand him. Oh, my oh. goodness. I did not like this man at all. So much so that I went to my nurse manager and I said, I refuse to go back into that room. Oh. I do not want to take care of this patient. It is way too much for me. Way too much. Yeah, asking for my phone number, trying to get a date. And I said, no, 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 that does, that's not how it works. Um, but um, he'll share with you when he comes on that, you know, he was born with a genetic disease mm. called cystic fibrosis. And so um, at that time, you know, pediatric nurses and doctors were really the ones who are experts mm -hmm. in providing mm. CF care. And so even adult patients with CF came to the pediatric unit. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. how we met. 
Um, I, I did not try to swipe a baby <laughs> and date a younger patient who was older than me. Um, and at that time, I really did not like him. But it took a while for him to convince me that he is a good guy and that I should give him a chance. And um, when I left the hospital and he was no longer my patient, that's when we started dating. Mm. And here we are, uh, married... Uh, 22 plus years. Wow. Um, and wow. Uh, we have two boys uh, who are awesome and you'll get to meet them as well. So yeah, thanks Manny for uh, divulging <laughs> another secret. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So is it possible for our listeners and viewers to meet Andrew? Is Andrew home? Yes, Andrew is here. How are you, Andrew? <laughs> Andrew. He's slow tonight. He's very tired Aww, from working. So, I see. Um, but he is here. He's coming over, hobbling over is more like it. <laughs> so for the there he is. Where oh hi I, I hi, can Andrew. see. Hi Andrew. Oh there he is. There, there he is. is. <laughs> hi Andrew. For the purpose of our listeners, just so you know that Andrew is a lung transplant recipient. So for the both of you, how did COVID impact Andrew and were there implications to your family? Me? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I get to speak. Yes. <laughs> I've been given permission. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, hello, everybody. Hi. Um, it's nice to be here. Thank you for having us. Uh, COVID has uh, thrown a, a curveball, to say the least. Um, it has caused us to have to balance a lot of different um, concerns. And um, from do we send our children to school uh, and risk them bringing something home mm -hmm. uh, to where I might work, where Sigrid may work, um, and who we are around and what mm -hmm. we do day to day, even something yeah. as simple as going to the grocery store. Yeah. Um, we, when we go uh, to try and limit exposure to, to, to people, um, COVID has, you know, some pretty far reaching implications um, that we had to consider because we truly didn't know how it would affect uh, primarily me. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, because of my immunocompromised status. Right. And and how was it then during that time? Uh, you know, this, the, because uh, initially there were a lot, well, the the, the uh, vaccination rate now is, is higher, but at the time it wasn't, uh, it wasn't where it is now. And even now it still is a big issue. So uh, yeah, go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, so you know, at, at the beginning, uh, you know, right, right at March of 2020, mm -hmm. um, you know, I can remember going to pick up our youngest son from his 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 daycare, his preschool, and um, the last day, uh, you know, everyone explained, okay, well, schools are going to shut down, the daycare shutting down, and everybody kind of made it seem like it was a temporary thing. Uh huh. Um, but it just didn't really feel that way at the same time. And I can remember that we, we had friends going to the stores for us because mm -hmm. at that point, of course, there were no vaccines. There was no right. potential actual treatment if you were to catch 
COVID. Um, and it looked like we, we lived <clears throat> in that scene from E.T. where they yeah. rush the house and everybody's got hazmat suits on and <laughs> nobody wants to touch anything and nobody's yeah. sure of anything. Um, friends were going to the store for us and they would drop food off at our front step. And then we had like a, a, a system where uh -huh. our older son and Sigurd would glove up and mask up and uh -huh. go out there with hand sanitizer and Lysol spray, wow. spray all the boxes in the backs. Oh, gosh. <laughs> come in the house. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it was a production uh, mm -hmm. because we just didn't know, right. you know how contagious it was and, and, you know, how sick you might get if you, if you do contract it. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a little overwhelming at first. Uh -huh. um, and I would say for the first, at least... Six months, mm -hmm. at least six months. Wow. Uh, and it could have been longer. Uh, we really didn't leave the house. Uh -huh. uh, that's the pretty much, uh, the, you know, uh, when I say we were confined to the home, I, I, we were pretty much confined. And we had to figure out how to um, do activities mm -hmm. where we weren't around someone just for our sanity. And so... Right. Wow. We would take to weird, weird habits, like uh, going for a drive in the car at 11 at night oh. just to get out of the house. Wow. Yeah. Just I mean, literally just to physically get outside of the four walls of your home. Mm -hmm. um, we started to do outdoor activities. Um, but even that, you, you know, you'd see someone like at a park or if we went on a hike mm -hmm. and it was it was strange. You, mm -hmm. you would stay, you know. 15, 20 yards from people. I mean, wow. you just, it would, it was really kind of odd. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it, you just, you made do really mm -hmm. is what you did. You, you hunkered down, you made do, um, you got to know your family really well, really, <laughs> right, really well. Right. A lot of togetherness, a lot of togetherness. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it was, um, I, I would say that we're living in such a unique time mm -hmm. uh, for, for a lot of reasons. And medically, uh, you know, if you if you are interested in in you know organisms and biology and and just the evolution of things, frankly, it's a fascinating time. And uh, I happen to find that that area uh, interesting. So it's it's truly a marvel to watch this virus wow. mutate and grow and change. That's true. And how we have to do the same. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, I think that togetherness is something that is positive with regards to the family in itself. So. When the vaccines for the age group for um, and, um, Asher and Cooper came about, what were your decisions and your thoughts about it? It was a simple decision. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, let's get on the list, like, to, to, right now. Like, yesterday, we needed to be top of the list. Uh -huh. And um, thankfully, with the work that I do, I'm surrounded at UAB with the top researchers in immunology, in virology, and epidemiologists. And so, you know, we're constantly being given this information about mm. uh, the uh, vaccine development and its safety profile. So yeah. um, I knew going in that um, this mRNA vaccine was going to be safe and effective. And, um, you know, I have colleagues all over the country who actually um, 
participated, their children participated mm-hmm. in the clinical trials. And so mm-hmm. they would give us information about their experiences. And mm-hmm. so there was not even a discussion. We're like, okay, where is the fastest way that we could get a vaccine for our then 13 year old? It wasn't yeah. a question of, of, you know, is he going to get it? It's a matter of when, when can we get it the fastest? And so we did, we searched around and, and got him vaccinated, I think within the, the week that it was approved. Yeah, so that's Asher. Uh, is Asher there with you? Can we also Asher, hear from him? <laughs> yes, he is. And I actually asked him to brush his hair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Asher. How are you? Hi, hello. Yeah. Nice meeting you. So when uh, when your mom said, okay, mom and dad said that, okay, Asher, it's time for you to get the vaccine. Uh, what were your thoughts? Um... Um, I wasn't against it. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing I had against it was the needle, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not a fan of needles. Yeah. Um, um I'll, I would be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and once you receive it, how were you? Uh, I was just fine. Yeah. Um, the side effects were just having like a small cold for like a day and a half. Yeah. A sore arm. A sore arm. <laughs> And then yesterday, what did you have? Uh, yesterday I had a booster. Yay! Oh, yes! Yay! Good and job, was, Asher. It was yeah. just like the first dose. Yeah. Just a sore arm and a little cold. Mm-hmm. Now, are you hearing from your friends? Um, you know, do you know how are they as far as their vaccination is concerned? Um, they're pretty much against it, but... Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, we live in the part of the country in Alabama mm-hmm. where their vaccination rate is no. is uh, unfortunately low. Mm-hmm. And so I think hopefully, you know, doing this podcast and, you know, just talking to more people about the importance of getting vaccinated uh-huh. and the protection that it offers, you know, hopefully they'll they'll listen to mm-hmm. you know the 14 year old next to me saying it's okay you know uh-huh. it's um it's safe and you know it's it's worth the uh discomfort in your arm for a day or two mm-hmm. yeah now you do have another brave soul over there and his name is <laughs> cooper <laughs> let's <Sorry>. meet cooper <laughs> He's ready for you, teacher. He's man. ready for us. He definitely even brushed his hair. Oh, wow. And wow. he had product in his hair. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Did you borrow some he product from his hair? Oh, wow. Hi. Hey, Cooper. Nice meeting you, Cooper. How are you? Hi. I saw your video when you got your shot, <laughs> right? Your vaccine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Good. Good. <laughs> Tell us about that time when you got the vaccine. The first one. Please. The first one. How did um, it feel? Um, a little painful, mm. but I couldn't feel it. Oh, I could only feel it a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you afraid? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but I didn't cry. Oh, you didn't cry. That's, nice. <laughs> oh. that's so nice. <laughs> Who was there with you when you got it? Um. <laughs> Who brought you? <laughs> oh, 
Mom. Mom. That's right. Now, how about how about your classmates? Do you know if they went to get the vaccine? Um, one of them I know for sure. Uh huh. One of my friends. Uh huh. Your best friend, right? Is yeah. vaccinated. Oliver. Oliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oliver. Tell them. Did you get your second shot? Yes. Ah. Uh-huh. How mm-hmm. was it? Um. Good. I can feel it a lot. Like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning more painful. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But you did great. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You just had a sore arm, right? Did you cry? And then you know. No. You know, Cooper. Cooper's so brave that he lended his support to his Wowo. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Wowo got his vaccine, isn't that right? right oh wow. Yes. Wowo, his grandpa. What did you say? Oh. What? Remember that, Coop? Oh, wow. Did you rub what was arm to make sure that he knows it's okay? <laughs> what did you do for Wowo? Oh, I encouraged him. You encouraged oh, him. Yeah. That is so nice to hear. Yeah, I, hold, I held his hand and I told him when the shot was going, about to go in. Um, <laughs> yep. And you told him it's going to be okay, right? It's going to be okay. <laughs> That's right. I do remember seeing that post that you did. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about that story, uh, Sigrid? Because it was at the time we're in, you know, initially, right, uh, when, when the COVID, uh, you know, cases were rising, uh, you had to make a decision about your father. Yes, yes. So, you know, COVID really impacts uh, the, the vulnerable, Right. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the elderly, the right. younger patients yes. uh, and those with uh, chronic illnesses or comorbidities. So yeah. we have a little bit of everything in our house. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew with his lung transplant. I've got right. young kids, you know, and with my dad, my dad is in his 80s. And mm-hmm. so um, when the pandemic Uh, hit when it first started to become a problem back in March of 2020, he was visiting from the Philippines. He Mm. was in Florida with my siblings, but my brother and my sister and my sister-in-law, they're all nurses. Mm. Yeah. And so they were frontliners taking care of COVID positive patients. Yes. And uh, very quickly we realized that in order to protect my dad, Mm -hmm we needed to swoop in and get him from Florida. <laughs> yeah. So that's exactly what I did. I, I drove from Alabama, um, drove straight to Florida and met my sister at a meeting point. Um, and uh, she delivered the goods, the package. <laughs> <laughs> and I received the package. She got uh-huh. out of her car, got into my car. And um, just, you know, we did what we had to do to make sure that my dad uh, has limited exposure because Mm -hmm. uh, staying in Florida with my siblings who still had to go to work, you know, and take care of patients, um, it was a very risky proposition. Mm -hmm. So he stayed with us for six months, Yes, you know, and that's what Andrew was talking about, being creative with what we can do there's five of us in a house and right. it's 24 7 of togetherness <laughs> <laughs> That's right. so he's back i, I see I, that he's back 
He's back. Yes, but he, is he with you? He went back. <laughs> yeah, he went back to the Philippines again just mm-hmm. a, a couple of days ago. Oh, so, I see. Because of the typhoon, the recent typhoon damaged our house in mm. Iloilo. Oh. So he had to go back to uh, make sure that the repairs are done. I yeah. see. I see. So I'll add to the story in that um, when Sigrid had to go to uh, Florida to get to get pop. Uh-huh. Uh, to show you how things, how we thought of COVID back then, mm-hmm. Florida uh, had mandated they were going to close their border. Oh, that's right. And oh. so um, this was this was the day before the border got closed. Wow! Oh, wow! So Sigurd had to drive all day. She, basically, she drove like twenty hours yeah. to get mm-hmm. there and back because she had to leave the state also. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't see. Because they weren't going to let yeah. anybody out either. That's right. Right. So, um, but that that's how uh, you were asking how COVID impacts us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really altered how you had to think about just your day-to-day routines and, mm-hmm. and the things we, we really do take for granted in a free society. Yeah. Just being able to come and go. I see. Meet, right. gather, yeah. you know, um, it's, it, it, it's been changing. It's a yeah. li- it's been a life change how you think yeah. of things and what you appreciate. Mm-hmm. Right. And we are, of course, still very mindful mm-hmm. that we are lucky, blessed, fortunate, all the synonyms mm-hmm. that we are here healthy, knock mm-hmm. on wood, many wood, um, healthy, you know, with uh, the ability to still work. Right. You know, being um, a university faculty member, um, I'm able to work from home most of the time. And Andrew, being an attorney, he's able to work from home most of the time. And, yeah. you know, the kids uh, made it work yeah. despite being at home doing school for that year and a half. Um, yeah. Asher had a harder time with it uh, <laughs> compared to Cooper. Um, but they were really troopers, you know, mm. and they just they they understood mm. that there are certain things we had to do as a family to keep us safe mm-hmm. right um, and and make sure that the whole family um you know has has uh, the 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 protection that it needs to mm-hmm. be sustainable so Sigrid, right. the protection as that we, we need moving yeah. forward with all the different changes higher vaccination rate so forth and so on what is your outlook of this moving forward with the family that you have and um, the future, I would say. Well, I, I'll give you my truly honest and, and uh, gosh, maybe wishful thinking is that um, we'll get people to get vaccinated and um, do the right thing, you know, and it may not it may not be um, because solely for your own protection, but you have to think about the people around you, your neighbors, um, your grandparents, you know, who are really truly vulnerable. Um, my, my hope and my wish and my prayer is that um, people get vaccinated and mm-hmm. maintain masking mm-hmm. um, because that's really the only way to get through this. But knowing that there's significant divide in our country, Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't know if that's really going to happen, Mindy. You know, I, I, I'm just a little bit, I'm, I'm an optimistic person. I know. My husband would know that sometimes uh, to a fault. <laughs> um, but, uh, the, you know, this pandemic that's now um, getting into its second year, it's it's shown us that we can't seem to get our act together. And mm-hmm. uh, that's unfortunate, you know, as a collective society. Um, and we just have to, I think, learn to live with it because it seems like, you know, this virus is very smart and it's resourceful. So it's going to continue to mutate mm-hmm. and become even smarter. So we have to, I think, le- learn to live with it, just like, unfortunately, we've had to learn to live with uh, with a flu. Yeah. That's right. So Sigrid, with the Omicron causing a huge rise in cases, what impacts have you seen on the healthcare and the workers there in Alabama? Well, this new variant um, has really done significant damage um, to healthcare systems, um, but also the healthcare providers um, taking care of, of these folks who are getting sick. So daily here at UAB, we get snapshots of the um, infectivity rates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who, how many people are hospitalized, of which how many are vaccinated mm-hmm. and not vaccinated. We get those numbers daily released by UAB Health System. Yeah. Um, who are in ICUs, the number of people on, uh, on ventilators, who are vaccinated and not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So we have those numbers. And Omicron really um, has has been a doozy um if <laughs> there's no other term for it um yeah. we thought delta was bad mm, right. right and then we get hit by this variant um that i don't think we're ready for you know um i remember uh the announcement by our university president mm-hmm. who said oh you know we're doing such a great job with our vaccination rate uab actually over 90 percent Mm-hmm. of their healthcare um, workers are vaccinated. That's huge. That's right. over That's 90%. Good. And we're very right. proud of that. Right. Um, but, you know, Omicron came. And so I remember the. it seemed like it was a one day of uh, just pure glee and happiness mm-hmm. that we could take off our mask in the building. There was a big announcement mm-hmm. right. that we did not have to wear a mask. We could eat together in a room without a mask. Um, And then that got all taken away within a week because of the increased numbers again that we were seeing, first by Delta and now by Omicron. Omicron. Right. And so Omicron is really, um, we're exhausted. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the plain truth is that our nurses, our doctors, our respiratory therapists, our environmental staff, everybody, um, we're we're tired. Um, Mm -hmm. the, the, those in the hospitals, are tired, um, constantly getting exposed and um, risking taking home the virus to families and loved ones. Um, so it's a serious drain to our healthcare system. Um, we're now seeing results of um, home uh, COVID tests that mm-hmm. you can't even find yeah. right. in Walgreens or CVS yeah. or Walmart, right? Yeah. And there's price gouging if you ever do want to get a, your hands on a home uh, COVID test, you can't get them. Um, and it's it's a really sad testament of where we are 
Um, and, you know, I don't have an answer for it. Uh, I'm, I'm with everybody feeling the, the pain, the drain, the exhaustion, the stress. Um, I think, you know, our family, we do the best that we can to keep safe. And um, I have a very good mask wearer in Cooper. He wears a mask at school, even outside. <laughs> even when his uh, his kindergarten teacher tells him that it's okay to take it off. Do you take mm. your mask off, Coopy, at school? Sometimes. Most of the time, I just keep it on. Yes, he takes it off when he's eating. But that's about it. And yeah. so, you know, we do the best that we can. We try to boost each other's spirits. Yeah. And... Um, they know me coming from the Philippines. I try to t tell them that it could be a lot worse yeah. for us, you know, mm -hmm. be mindful that we have a lot of blessings mm -hmm. yeah. um, compared to the other people around the globe mm -hmm. yeah. who don't have access to right. uh, medicine, yeah. to testing, to yes. healthcare like we mm -hmm. do. Um, sometimes this one here on my right, Asher rolls his eyes me <laughs> when I tell him that, you know, his, his mama came from really meager means and, um, he should be thankful that he has what he has. But I think, you know, putting things in perspective, doing, um, the right thing and, in, in what we can do, um, what we have control over and being, uh, still positive and mm -hmm. shining light. Um, in the world when we can. Mm -hmm. So what are your uh, colleagues saying about Omicron and new variants? Well, I think there's bad news on that, that I think this virus is going to keep mutating. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the recent report that there might be. I don't know if these reports are uh, indeed valid, but if they're investigating it right now, that it seems like there is, seems to be a combination, um, Delta and Omicron. Delta Cron. Um, <laughs> yes, right? Um, that they've now mutated into one super variant. Uh, and so, gosh, um, mm -hmm. I really don't know, but we're all in this together. And, you know, we, we are we're tired, but we're trying to be positive and, um, you know, doing what we can to to educate those who still aren't convinced that this is a virus that they should be mm -hmm. uh, taking seriously and to mask up and uh, take the vaccines. Um, goodness, we, we we have them available to us. Yeah. You know, um, I remember um, in the Philippines talking to friends and family in the Philippines where people are fighting mm -hmm. to get vaccinated and uh, right. getting in line to get vaccines. Whereas here there it's free mm -hmm. and we should be mm -hmm. able to, to get people to be vaccinated. That's true. Right. And I have, I have one last question. It's nothing to do with COVID. It's more personal. Yes. I know yes. Ladoris is your maiden name. I mean, your your own family name. How did Andrew agree to that? <laughs> Andrew, you want to tell the story? This is a fun story. More secrets here, Mindy. <laughs> Manny, I think, knows this story already. Well, I don't. So, <laughs> so you are correct. That is Sigrid's uh, maiden name. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And um, we had been married maybe two, two about two years, mm -hmm. and um, uh, I just don't really have a connection to my family name. Oh. And um, started talking to Sigurd about uh, taking her last name, 
And you know, of course that surprised her. Um, I thought it was a joke. <laughs> and so um, at the time, um, uh, her, her parents uh, were still living in California. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we went to visit, um, I just asked her dad if um, it was okay if I uh, changed my last name to Lodoris because I felt um, really a, a much stronger connection to uh, everyone in the family. I was, uh, you know, accepted really right mm-hmm. away by the family. Um, and, you know, 20, now it's 23 years, uh, you know, that Sig and I have been together total. Mm-hmm. Um, I have wonderful relationships with everyone in the family. Um, I talked to the aunts and uncles and cousins, myself, just having nothing to do with it. <laughs> he talks to them more than I do. <laughs> and so um, it was just, it nice. just felt right. Nice. And, um, it's nice. you know, for my children, um, I, I thought it would be kind of like a little bit of a gift to uh, my in-laws. Um, because at the time uh, that we were making this decision, uh, Sig and I were the only ones that were uh, thinking of ha- about having children and out of all of her siblings, even though she's the youngest, uh, we were the only ones married. Oh, I see. And so um, I wanted to, um, you know, I'll have the family name carry on um, in the event, you know, uh, no one else oh, got married wow. or had kids. I should have thought of that. Thank you. Thank you. He went to ask my dad for permission wow. because I told him, I said, I think it's great. That would be awesome. We would be different, right? Who's ever heard That's of right. a husband taking the wife's last name? But we've always been uh, atypical, I would say. (laughs) We're non-traditional. And so I said to him, well, it's not just my last name. It's actually my dad's last name. So it's not mine to give. Mm -hmm. I think you should ask my dad for permission. And that's what he did. Wow. And so my dad thought he was joking. <laughs> this cannot is very funny. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, most people ask, you know, the, the parents for the for the daughter's hand. And so instead I asked for the name. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yes. Now I know. <laughs> well, it confuses people, Mindy, when they see all of us and they know my last name is Ladoris. And then they're like, but. How come your white husband has Ladoris? <laughs> I so, see. Yeah, that's the all story. right. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Great, great stories. That's great. What? <laughs> <laughs> great stories. Great story, right? <laughs> yeah. And that is all that we have for this episode. I want to thank our guests, Sigrid, Andrew. Cooper and Asher Ladores and my co-host Mindy Ofiana, our director and producer Rodney Cahudo, Carol Robles, PNAA Chair for Communications and Marketing, our advisor, PNAA Foundation President Nancy Hoff, and our executive producers, PNAA President Dr. Mary Joy Garcia Dia and the PNAA Executive Director Carmina Bautista. Join us every Wednesday here on Rise Up. Until then, keep on rising. See you next week. 
This publication was made possible by Cooperative Agreement CDC RFA IP212106 from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Its contents are solely the responsibility of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of CDC HHS. <laughs>